Welcome, everybody, to the second episode of the Unprofound Life podcast. Appreciate you joining us here today. Once again, my name is John, and I'm here with my good buddy, Mark. What's going on, Mark? How are you? I'm doing well, man. Not too bad. Enjoying this uh, beautiful weather we've had lately. You've been getting out. Yeah, definitely uh, doing some yard work now since the grass has grown and the trees are blooming and the pollen is all over Kicking. the place. Kicking. It's bad. It was. I was out doing some too and it's, uh, it's pretty rough out there. But yeah, at least we're able to get outside and get that yard work done. So, um, hey, everyone, thanks so much for joining us again. Hopefully you were able to listen to the first episode. Um, if you if haven't, just joining us. if you haven't, Please go back, listen yes. to the intro, listen to the episode one, uh, get to know us a little bit better, and we'll uh, keep the conversation flowing from there. Absolutely. Check it out. Get an understanding of us and where we're coming from with this uh, podcast and a little bit of background on Mark and I um, and how this came about. Uh, this is uh, where we take a look at the impact of everyday people and, and events um, that uh, might be a little bit more significant um, than we might expect and, and generate some good conversation here. So really appreciate you all joining us here. Um, we got some pretty, uh, pretty significant things that occurred here over this uh, last week or so. So we yeah. just wanted to kind of talk about some stuff. So Mark, yeah. what are we talking about today? Well, I think, you know, we're going to kind of segue a little bit from what we kind of started to talk about a little bit last week and, and the impact of music and you know we've had a, a pretty significant uh death in the music world this past week with the the passing of dmx and Earl simmons um, yeah and i think we should talk about the impact of music i think that's fantastic and we did as you said we, we talked a little bit about that um Touched on know, some Led Zeppelin and Led Zeppelin and Sabbath. Sabbath. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now it's a completely different realm. Different realm, different part of our lives, too, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think we talked about with, you know, with Zeppelin and, and Sabbath and how, like, you know, our dads introduced us to that, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, DMX really, uh, you know, made a big uh, with his, uh, you know, I guess the first album, It's Dark and Hell is Hot which was, um, you know, 98 and, uh, you know, we were in high school and, uh, that was such a significant album. I remember sitting in my room, right. So I was, I don't know, I must've been, been a a sophomore in high school or something around then. And I remember looking at the CD right at the, at the, uh, the, 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 the cover and just thinking like, all right, like, let's get into this. And that was when, too, you remember, Mark, they had all the lyrics in the CD cover. You yep. pull the CD cover out and had all the lyrics in it. And um, I remember listening to this and being shocked with some of the lyrics, right? Just being shocked with some of them. And, uh, you know, some of our, one of them in particular stays with me. And I'm not sure if I could uh, talk about it. But, <laughs> but I remember listening to that and being like, holy shit i have never heard anything <laughs> like this before um and just that was like just dmx now you can listen to and you just get hyped to but i just remember that being such a big thing we listened to it before basketball games you know listening to it riding around with, you know friends in the car like friday nights but it was just so aggressive oh yeah and, especially and, oh. compared to what was out there during that time 
Absolutely. Uh, they, you know, the, the dog growls and, you know, the yep. barking, you know, the videos and, and, and entirely. I mean, oh, really before, before him, like, the only other group that I could think of that was kind of like, you know, come, come at us was like Onyx. Do you remember Onyx? Oh, yeah, Slam. dude. Yeah. Slam. Like they <laughs> had that, that, <laughs> yeah. that grit and that growl that he had. And um, definitely yeah, they, they brought it too. And that was, yeah. I mean, when they came out, I mean, like that, that album was boycotted. Like Onyx, that album was Slam on it. Like, you know, that was one of the albums that they were smashing in the streets, right? And uh, protesting um, because of how gritty it was. And it's interesting, though, when DMX came out with his, I mean, more gritty, in my opinion, and more aggressive, um, yet it was so revered um, because of what, I think, what he was talking about, what he was doing. Um, and, I mean, let's just not deny it. When you hear that, dun, 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 oh, yeah. man, tell me that doesn't jack you off. It just gets you, like, just pumped and ready to go. It and does. that Rough Riders anthem, oh, man, like, you just can't even, like, I'm getting chills thinking about it, like, how just, like, when you hear that, that is so iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone our age group, you know, knows that. And it's just, and, and, and even younger. I mean, I think that's even, you know, I think even, uh, you know, I can't really speak for today's youth, but I, I feel like that stuff is, has lasted, but I, I don't know, but it's, man, that just that, dun, 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 <laughs> like gets yeah. you going. Yeah. A lot of his songs have that effect. Yeah. I mean, just his, his intensity that he, that he brought um, it was one of the, the posts I was seeing on Facebook was um, Dave Chappelle talking about when he had him on the show, you know, back in the day when, Chappelle show was big when we I mean we were in college at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah. He would they would always do like this music segment at the end of the show. And he's like, you know, we asked DMX to do one song and he did like an entire album like during that segment. And just like, you know, the pump. And then watching um, you know, uh video of the source awards like back in the day and like he got the award for um like entertainer of the year for the source awards because because of the intensity of his shows um so yeah i mean it it came through in his music you want to hear a funny you want to hear a funny story yeah for sure absolutely so not to take away from dmx Hmm. But it was um, 95. Dangerous Minds came out. The movie. Oh, yeah. And that cool, had yeah. Coolio's Gangster's Paradise. Gangster's Paradise, dude. Hell, yeah. I went to the record store and pulled that, al- pulled that album because I wanted Gangster's Paradise. Yeah. I got home. I listened to it. And there was so much swearing in that album. <laughs> I, yep. I went and I took it back. I was like, this this just has just too much too many swear words in it. Did you really? <laughs> I did. And I like that I, is I remember the I remember the person like at the desk going like, like I'm here. Give, I give, can't give do me this. that weird look like what? 
Like, do you want to return this because it has too many swear words? Was that like the first time you heard like all those swear words at once? Like, is that yeah? Is that what it was? Was like a shock to you? Yeah, it was. Oh my god, that's so funny. You know, my my parents never my parents never swore around me at all. Yeah, I mean, like the biggest swear swear word in the house was when my if when and if my mom would say the word shit, (laughs) (laughs) like. And then you knew you were in, you were in deep trouble when she said it. But um, that's yeah. so funny, dude. You you were offended. You're like, I don't. I'm not. Nope. I am offended yeah. by this. This is not part of my culture. <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> my young mind at the age of uh, what twelve was like, whoa, this is too much. That's funny, man. Yeah, that was. Uh, you know, it's funny that you brought up Onyx because I think that that was the first. Well, no, I was gonna say that was the first album that like. Was swearing, but no, I like Dr. Dre's Chronic. I mean, that was, I remember that being like, I think the first like album introduction for me into hip hop and, um, you know, kind of, you know, that culture and uh, all the swear words. The Chronic was my thing. <laughs> I love the Chronic, dude. The album. Um, yeah, that was about, 93. What, the Chronic? No, um, Onyx. The album was Back oh, the Fuck. Onyx. Back the Fuck. Uh, but That's it was all right. like B A C D A F U C U P, one word. Yep. I remember that. I remember that. And it was like spray painted on it, right? I'm trying to. Or like look like, you know what I mean? Like it looked like mm-hmm. spray paint, like the way they did the graphics. Yeah. And the Chronic was what, 92? I can't believe DMX was 98. I thought it was even. Um, Chronic so, was 1992. Yeah. So here's the thing that when we talk about DMX and the significant impact, right? And, you know, what he had. And I think when you see this, and one of the things about like social media now, you know, you can really understand um, how you know, when a celebrity passes or a musician or somebody of that nature, the profound impact that they had on people who didn't even know. Right. But I think with DMX, you had like for me, you know, and for you, and we were just talking about, you know, the, the music, the songs itself, you always remember, and you always get those chills, you know, with the rough riders anthem and, um, you know, I can remember listening to it, like I said, you know, before games and whatnot. And the first time I listened to it in my room when I was like 16. But I think to see some of the posts and some of the things that, you know, celebrities and athletes and just and other, you know, like um, uh, other celebrities that, you know, were about his age and um, knew him and whatnot, um, just kind of about how he allowed it to be okay to, to struggle in front of people. Right. So I saw an interesting, his interview with Dr. Phil, um, a while ago, and it's where he was talking about the prayers. Do you remember the prayers that he did oh, on yeah. his albums? Yep. And I, I don't know how many exactly he did, but he did have a good amount of prayers. And then he had, I think three conversations with the devil on his albums too. I don't know if you remember those. The way he discussed it was, you know, he had to have that discussion with the devil 
in order to, you know, to, to process things and to figure out how he wants to proceed in life. And then, you know, the prayers with God was him, you know, letting us in and saying like, this is, I like, this is what I'm trying to do in my life. And then, you know, with the talks with the devil was, you know, this is what I'm battling. I'm, I'm battling here. And I thought that was really significant in how a lot of people stated how they felt that he quote unquote normalized the struggles. I mean, it's, it's well-documented. I mean, he had his battles with law and with addiction and, you know, just various things. Yeah. Um, and he was never, he never made excuses for it. Right. He never, you know, even in his interviews, he was always very candid about it and that how he struggles, um, you know, and has the devil in one shoulder and an angel in the other. And um, I think one of his, in one of his albums, he did that where he had a, a, a skit with a, a devil and angel, um, but or something to that effect. And I thought that, that was really poignant to see all these celebrities and all these people posting and just even friends of ours, you know, posting on Twitter and Facebook and whatnot about, you know, uh, what DMX meant to them, even yeah. if it was just something as simple as Rough Riders Anthem is my hype song and I love it. Or to something more like you made it okay for me to struggle in person and to um, reconcile with my past. Yeah, we have to reconcile. And we all, all definitely all have struggles, you know, and we normally don't like to talk about them. Right? Mm-hmm. We don't bring it to the forefront of our discussions with friends and sometimes even with family. Um, you know what's going on inside your head and. Uh, and if somebody can connect with you based on their struggles, you know, it brings you a little bit closer. Do you think too, like, because of who he was and his genre and his, you know, uh, his life and um, the persona that he had, um, you know, he wasn't shunned for that. Like, I mean, he wasn't, he was, I mean, I almost feel like that was an interesting um he was even more welcomed almost by doing that. I mean, do you think that because of, you know, the persona of DMX that it um, was even more profound? I think so. I mean, I would, I would hope so. I mean, you know, we always think of rappers or hip hop artists of, you know, it's all about (laughs) money, fast cars and, and women. Right. Yeah. And, and this and this tough man right this machismo and this yeah 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 which he was right i mean he never i mean he he certainly personified that yeah well i think it was funny is um was it eddie wong who has the the show fresh off the boat uh we used to watch it a few years back and i've never they seen had, that, they had dmx in an episode where oh, really? he yeah he was um, all about like botany he had his own little like greenhouse in his backyard and he was like a new neighbor i guess and you know you even at that show even at that time it was funny because you you see dmx and you have again that persona of like a hard hard <laughs> man but he's in, a, in, in like enjoying his flowers is that was that a skit yeah, well, like yeah, actual, in the show. Okay. Um, That's so funny. 
but I but I could imagine him like being like that though, like you know, just from what he allowed us in on his life and his albums and his songs. Um, you know, but the, the other thing too is I just think it's just uh, the one meme that I saw the other day. I saw yesterday. Uh, someone posted it said, uh, "DMX taught us eight things." You whack, you twisted, your girl's a hoe. <laughs> Broke, get eight chores. <laughs> Everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> Even your old man say you stupid. <laughs> and it's like, it's just like one, two, three, four, like yeah. it out. And, and, uh, you know, even that it can bring some levity to it. And, um, you know, knowing that, you know, that's gotta be something too. I mean, I wonder, you know, what, and I, and I love to, I'd love to watch some more interviews with him and, and, and you know, what was his goal with being vulnerable and being open in those battles and struggles that he had. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, did he really set out to have an everlasting impact on people like he is? I, I, I've seen a lot of posts as well. So, you know, how generous he was, um, how, you know, yeah. um, friendly, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. growling at you and yeah <laughs> i mean you think this is a fucking game <laughs> like you know but he that's the other thing too yeah he's um you know he's from yonkers and he uh you know went back and he you know delivered you know turkeys and stuff from thanksgiving and he did, had a foundation there and he was always seen in the neighborhood and did a lot for um you know to to revitalize the community and um you know that's he never he was never, I mean, he was very open about the fact that like, I, that's, I'm never just selling out and leaving my community and what, what made me who I am. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, that's something too, that people, yeah, I've seen that in a lot of things that are trying to say like, you know, yes, his music was great and it might've impacted you in some way, but you know, Hey, look at the everlasting impact that he had on his community. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's great. And that's, you know, I think a, a lot of superstars like that, you know, do do that and, and, and try to make an impact on their community. So, so that's good. But yeah, it's it's a shame we lost we lost DMX, and uh, you know, always thoughts and prayers with his family and friends. But uh, you know, that's that's tough. You know, fifty years old. Um, I think about it. I'm like, wait a minute. Like when he was at the prime of his career like he was only 12 years older than us Mm -hmm. like that's crazy to me crazy Um, it's crazy i mean he was 30 years old in 2000 right when he was just on top of it right i mean dmx was on top of it and he was you know 28 when dark and hell is hot came out right yeah i mean jeez and he's only 12 years old than us. I mean, that this next that 12 years me. to us getting to 50 is terrifying. <laughs> Not just the number 50, but the fact that, you know, when we looked at that, I mean, my mom was 48, right? Uh, I mean, that's 10 years away from me right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I think that's the other thing about when you see a high profile celebrity like this pass at such a young age, you know, thankfully he has such a large impact and did a lot of great things, but, um, you know, it takes you back to your own mortality too, right? Yeah and just uh just that but but yeah so it's uh it's a it's a loss for the music world and for for pop culture and for everyone who uh who really got something from his music and from you know his charitable work so um 
you know, that's always, that's always tough, but I think we'd be remiss if we didn't, didn't talk about it. So I know I, I told you this, you know, the day that I, you know, heard the news, I, I was, uh, it was all DMX all day on my, on my yeah. radio and, and uh, you know, at home. So, uh, you know, I had it in my, uh, headphones all day. So, um, and that'll probably continue for the next week or two. <laughs> um, so it's, it's definitely, uh, here's a, here's a question. Here's a question about that. Why do we do that? It's weird. It's weird. That I feel like the human mind like looks at that and goes, I'm never going to hear him again. I need to listen to it all now. Like why? I think it's, just, yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't mean to, to jump in, but I, yeah, no, I, think no, it's, no. I think that's part of it. Right. It's just like, Oh my gosh. Like he's not like, he's not going to make any more music. Right. Like this is it like done. And um, I think that that's part of it. Absolutely. And I think some of it is like, also a tribute right like yeah like i loved your music and it's like man like i gotta i gotta listen to this because it's just like you know that's that's the way to to oh one way i should say to um to pay tribute to these people i mean do you remember when biggie died notorious big right yes, i don't know if you ever remember seeing like you know it was on mtv back then right and, and the um funeral pr- procession um, mm-hmm. through, through, um, Brooklyn, right. Yep. Thousands of people line the street. Right. And, and the hearse is coming down his mom's in a limo and just thousands of people, you know, crying with flowers. And then someone had, you know, out of one of the, the apartment buildings there had a boom box and started playing juicy and the entire crowd lined just starts singing juicy and just everyone is just going and it's just like that was that that was a tribute to him right like you you made this music that sticks with us and it's and like we're gonna thank you for that so i I think from my point of view like i was playing it to be like you know like thanks for this man like this takes me back 20 years ago when i was a kid and and loving this um and so i wonder if that's part of it is 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 that tribute yeah it's yeah i think the same thing is like uh, notorious big had two studio albums Mm -hmm. that's it ready to die but the the large impact yeah life after death ready to die and life after death that's it I mean, you know, yeah, mixtapes. Now, Pump Daddy used, you know, used all of those tracks from back in the day too, um, yeah, for sure. You know, that weren't published and put him on other songs, but like mm-hmm. two albums. That's it, it, incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, the other band that, or a band that brings up that is like Nirvana. Yeah, for they sure. have three albums now. You know, we exactly. have surviving members and Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. You know, and all what of he's their albums. Yeah, um, but, you know, Nirvana with Kurt Cobain, you know, three albums, Bleach, Nevermind, and then Euro. In your yeah. I mean, imagine if some of these artists, I mean, even, you know, Tupac did, what, two albums with Death Row? Mm-hmm. He made a double. So, so you know, technically it was the three, but, um, you know, imagine if some of these artists you know nirvana biggie tupac careers what they could have done 
you know, going through there. I mean, after that, it's, and that's so funny though, because like, think of, I mean, Biggie goes down as one of the greatest ever, if not the greatest ever, in some of people's opinions, right? Mm-hmm. Hip hop, hip hop artists. And he had two studio albums. <laughs> Imagine like all the hits. I mean, how many hits do you know from him? Like, it's just, it goes on, right? You could yeah. play, I mean, you, we could sit here for two hours and play, you know, just Biggie songs and everyone would be a hit. And that's just, you know, um, and that's what's crazy about it is, is that when these, these people get taken from us, we still, you know, still have uh, their music. And that's, that's why we listen to it, you know, and that's why we put it on. That's why people are listening to all DMX this weekend, you know, because yeah. they have that to listen to. Plus, you're not going to, you're not going to tell me that party up in here isn't one of the best ever. <laughs> Gets the people going. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's amazing uh, how music affects us. You know, we kind of talked about it in the, the last episode too, and how you know listening to uh, a Led Zeppelin or a Black Sabbath mm-hmm. brings us back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, DMX music brings us back to you know hype music for basketball for sure. Oh, yeah, uh, man. definitely had to use the the censored <laughs> the censored versions of those to run out to, but, um, yeah i remember that you had to get the uh yeah you had to get the non-explicit cd yeah <laughs> you had to put that on there um yeah i remember i remember that we had to and i you know went to catholic school so we definitely had to uh make sure we had the the radio edit yeah yeah so that's, so that's, I think that that's a, a good thing to always keep in mind is how we, you know, are reminded uh, times in our life with certain songs, musicians, um, and, uh, you know, where we're at and, and why that's point in that time, why we can remember that certain song, right? Why we can remember that certain band is because of, you know, the significant time in our life and whether that actual song, that actual band, that actual artist had that impact or if it was just what was going on when that song was playing. And then that means something to us. Um, and that's always, that's always cool. Uh, Cause I, I mean, yeah, like I, you know, just looking at the list of DMX's songs, I'm like, yep, I know this, this, this song reminds me of this time. This song reminds me of this time. Um, so it's, uh, it's pretty cool, but well, one thing, you know, that I'm sure we'll continue to do on these uh, episodes here, Mark, is you and I do have a love for music of all types. So, I'm sure we'll continue to talk about the impacts of that um, and different, different songs and, and artists. So, um, but yeah, transitioning a little bit, a little awkward transition, but I think uh, the other thing you talked about here and you brought up was, uh, was your little waffle making expedition today. Oh yeah. yeah tell me about the little waffle. The, expedition. Boys, the boys love waffles. That's hilarious. I do. Who doesn't though? Love waffles. Yeah, and it brought me back this morning is, um, you know, Arlo in particular, my youngest, asked for peanut butter waffles. Well, peanut butter waffles were, was something that my dad did. And so every now and again, so cool. we get the Ego waffles. This is not a plug. We don't get paid. <laughs> no, we don't. Ego waffles. But Ego, but get, if you're listening. Yeah, good, yeah, but Ego, if you want Ego waffles, peanut butter, and honey. Oh my gosh, why have I never I mean, discovered it's, it's that? It's so, so simple. 
but it's so good. Okay, so you do you put butter on the first layer though? Do you butter the the waffle when you take it out? Yes. Do you smell? Okay, so for me, right, that, technically, that's it's peanut butter, butter, and honey. Okay, so because here's the biggest thing for me is that I cannot eat like Erica, my fiance. She does not put butter typically on her waffles hmm. and just does peanut butter. Um, sometimes she does, but most of the time she doesn't. I cannot. To me, you need that butter to soften it a little bit, right? Get that little that little softness of the like. I it's, want my waffles crisp when they come out, but yeah. I also want the butter to soften it a little. And then, okay, so then you put butter, then peanut butter, and yep. then you drizzle it in honey. Yep. All right, that's happening tomorrow. Yeah, been, we've been uh, using the um, some Homestead honey. Oh, the Homestead honey. Homestead honey. We don't get paid okay. from them either, but you know we I'll don't. Plug it. But Dave, if you're listening, <laughs> uh, that is a good buddy of ours, and his uh, oh. Homestead Honey is his. Yep, and uh, from Edinburgh, there. Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, we've got a jar of Homestead Honey that we put on our waffles too. Dave, I don't, I don't have any Homestead Honey. I don't, Ooh. I don't. That's not cool, man. That's not cool. That's all right. I'll just take some of Mark's. Uh, <laughs> so a little, a little. Peanut yeah, butter, so it's it, you know honey. what it is. It's like the the layering of like the the salted butter with the sweeter peanut butter, and then the super sweet honey on top. It's oh. just all right. That's gotta happen. Yeah, give it a shot. That's happen. I'll give it a shot. I mean, I'm gonna use regular honey, and then I'll see you know what the difference is with that and homestead honey, mm-hmm. like store bought versus that. <laughs> um. That's cool. So your dad made that. So that was something that your dad made you when you were growing up. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we would, we would do for breakfast every once in a while. And then the other one was, I always tell the boys when we'd have oranges, it was like, you know, someone truly loves you when they will peel an orange for you. That is so true. How much work goes into it. Um, But that just takes me, takes me back to growing up and, I would go to my grandmother's house every morning before school. Um, you know, we, we, we were luckily lucky enough to have her a minute from my parents' house growing up. So we would take a, cool. a small little ride, go up to her house. They would drop me off in the morning and it, so they could go. My parents could go to work. Yeah. And then um, I would catch the bus from my grandma's house. And, but every morning, no matter if it was a bowl of cereal and it was always, it was always, um, raisin brand. Really? You're eating raisin brand as a kid. Yep. Dude, that is dude. dude. (laughs) Hey, you must have good fiber intake. That's crazy. I'm an old soul. Yeah, man. Eight years old. Get your raisin brand on. She always had raisin brand. And then I would like start, pushing her to try to get stuff outside of it can we get um, some lucky charms or some fruit loops in here grandma no 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 no. it was definitely nothing that had candy in it no sugar type like no sugar type candies so like the the closest i would get was like honeycombs i was gonna say frosted flakes or something or yeah honeycombs. yeah frosted flakes every once in a while um but it, no matter if it was like a bowl of cereal uh a pop tart that was usually either a bowl of cereal potter and then it was always an orange and she would like meticulously take this orange apart while i was eating my cereal 
to take all the skin off and then like peel every single extra layer of pith that, you know, that white stuff that yep. sits on the outside uh, in between the, 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 the skin. She would meticulously take every piece off and then put one slice down at a time, you know, gosh. And um, so I just had to eat the white shit. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Your grandma really loved you. <laughs> oh, she loved me, and I loved her very, very much. Yeah, that's great. That, that's cool. That's funny though. Now I got. I have to go back to the pop tart. I same thing. Pop tarts. Right? Let me let me clarify. Yeah, they were not pop tarts. Okay, they what? were. They were. What, I don't even know what the off-brand off-brand pop tarts were even yeah. called, but it was like yes, no, it wasn't pop tarts. It was like yeah, I know what you're talking about. I forget to- toaster pops or yeah, to- yes, yeah, something like that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but I remember like I pop tarts. My mom always had pop tarts. That's usually what my breakfast was, um, and maybe some cereal. But yeah, that that usually was. Pop-Tarts are delightful. They are horrific for you. <laughs> Sorry, Pop-Tarts, if you're listening. But they were, I actually, I haven't had Pop-Tarts in forever, right? And I was at the store the other day and, you know, just walking down the aisle and get trying to get all the healthy stuff. And then I just look and out of the corner of my eye, I see birthday cake Pop-Tarts. Yeah. I got them. What a mistake. Like, first off, it just, it was just, not great right it's fine okay but like i'm just like why am i putting that and i had to finish the whole like the whole pack right like i'm not gonna not eat these things so like i, I bought ate, them i'm gonna get my money's worth did you yes exactly that's what i'm saying like <laughs> i bought them i'm gonna get my money's worth but i'm not happy about it like yeah. i'm not like looking forward to this breakfast while i'm starting working like uh but uh they pop tarts man that brings me back but i i don't think the birthday cake one is just kind of scorned me. I don't know if I'm going to go back to, to them again, but every once in a while, they'll, they'll call you from the shelf, you know? Yeah, it's the brown sugar cinnamon ones that'll get you. Dude, so like, you wouldn't think that something as plain as that would be so good. So good. Yeah, and you know what the weird part is? Is like the, the ones that are, um, I don't know what animal buys the unfrosted ones. That's like a like that's just horrific. There's something wrong with you if you buy unfrosted pop tarts. <laughs> like, how is that enjoyable? First off, the fun of pop tarts is the, the frosting and the filling. And if you're just gonna buy unfrosted, like, what's even the filling in the unfrosted? It's the like, same filling. It just tastes like cardboard, sugar, <laughs> sugar and cinnamon wrapped in blast. cardboard. Dude, like that's. What kind of animal buys unfrosted exactly. pop tarts? What kind of animal buys? Yeah, that? I don't want to know you if you buy that. That's that's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> oh man! Well, it's so funny that you bring up like you know with you know the the, the peeling of the orange and that you know and that was uh, you know what you always remember and then your dad's you know the waffles that your dad was made you. My dad was like the omelet king, right? I mean that was on the weekends on Sundays. He just you know cheesy omelet maybe threw some tomato in there and some you know onion whatever um and uh that was with english muffin english muffin on the side now here's the question is it, is it a true omelet or is it like me who can't for some reason get an omelet to like 
flap over that dude. it just becomes like a scramble. <laughs> <laughs> no, a true omelet. This dude had it down to a pat. He can flip an omelet. Like, and he took so much pride in it too. It's hilarious. It was yeah. always just like, I, I just remember sitting at the table, like watching him do it. He's like, all right, it comes to flip. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's just, I mean, perfect fluffy to, he got it so fluffy. And like, that was, that was just always the best. And he would, you know, sprinkle cheese on top, you yeah. know, and, and, uh, you know, never got super fancy with it, but his omelet flip was just, I mean, the edges lined up completely perfect. Like that half minute, it was just, the edges lined up perfectly yeah and um he was and he took pride in it too man he was very proud of himself every time he nailed that flip and uh you know i've become i've become the pancake dad and it's usually a saturday morning's uh, pancakes um so much so that my my wife amber goes i'm sick of your pancakes because for her, for her growing up, it was the, it was the same thing, and she always tells me like you know, her dad um, would make those those pancakes every Saturday morning or okay yeah for breakfast, and so she's like, I'm pancaked out, and I don't want to eat your disgusting pancakes. <laughs> they're not even they can be the best ever. She's like they're disgusting. I don't want them. I'll tell you what, I I have gotten to the point where I go and I've tried recipe after recipe to find that perfect pancake. Really? Yeah. What's the difference in, in pancake recipes? Maybe I'm just like not I mean, I buy like the pre-stuff and I just like, you know, I might throw some chocolate chips, blueberries in there. You know, I've done banana, but I've mm-hmm. I've no like what's the difference it's, between it's like the consistency. It's like cakey but not too cakey, you know, not too um you know, not too thin, but not like you know, like Japanese. Have you ever seen Japanese style pancakes? No, but I'm a little terrified. They you basically like cook them in a can. So like they raise up to probably like three inches really yeah it's strange it's um they're very strange pancakes but i'm always chasing that right one which okay i i think we've had them once i don't know with the japanese style or the perfect no 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 like the perfect pancakes um i'm trying to remember the place p and g diner oh yeah pam pamela's no that's not pamela's PNG Diner. It's a uh, a pharmacy. They have a pharmacy, and then they have a breakfast place. Really, in Millville. And okay, my God, their their pancakes fantastic. We went. I... We went after <laughs> Collins, our mm-hmm. buddy Colin mm-hmm. Riley, yeah. and he came uh, down for his bachelor party. Yeah. Uh, uh, before he got married, and we went to PNG Diner. Okay, Pamela's PNG Diner, Millville. Yeah, and had their pancakes. And like, I don't know if they if it's because they put like a cup of sugar per pancake or what it was, but like it got crispy on the ends, thin it- but cakey enough. I mean, they were perfect. What um? What kind were they? Like, do you just get plain pancakes? Oh like, no, blueberry. You... For me, it's blueberry pancakes. Are you all? Do you do anything different for the boys? Or are you always doing blue? Yeah, for the, for the boys, it's usually just plain. 
every once in a while I'll throw a, blue, a blueberry one in there. Um, but normally they just like their plain. Yeah, blueberry. Blueberries really good with pancakes. Um, I like, I like chocolate chip every once in a while. But it's got it. But it's I have to be in a mood. You know what I mean? Like I have to be in a certain mood for, that's like, for chocolate. Yeah, chip. that's like a birthday cake pop tart. <laughs> like just sweet on sweet. Oh man, don't just don't make the same mistake, Mark. Don't do it. Did you put a candle in it? Uh, twice. Yeah. Yes, and I sang happy birthday to myself six months from now. And uh, yes, <laughs> I tell you what, Pamela's diner is like that. Um, Winkler and I and his now wife would would go there after like partying on a Saturday night, and they lived in um, like right by the one in like uh, Mount Lebanon, mm-hmm. Dormont, and we would go there like almost every Sunday morning. It's I love their. The folded over crepe style. Those are good. Yeah. But um, yeah. Oh, pancakes are I can't tell you the last time I had a pancake. Honestly. I, I know I'm an I'm a scrambled egg guy. I make egg sandwiches like all like every Sunday. That's like my thing. Yeah. Bacon cool. and cheese. Well, you know, a little tomato if I have it. Yeah. And then on a bagel. Oh. Now, where, did you, where did you get that from? Is it just something that you kind of developed I, or is it? Um... My dad, my dad did that. Not all the time. He, you know, obviously he loves his, his omelets, but every once in a while um, we do like an egg sandwich and he, yeah. he'd, he'd usually do toast and stuff, but then I switched it up and I would do, you know, I kind of, you know, as I go order to my own, I, I, it's, uh, it's evolved. Um, I've made it. I really love putting salsa on it. Oh, dude, throw some salsa, cheddar cheese, um, a little hot sauce, slap a couple pieces of bacon on top. Phenomenal. But, uh, but yeah, he, he like, I mean, we did that growing up, but then I kind of took that all on my own. Like that's my, that's kind of my go-to now. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't, I don't do omelets anymore because I couldn't, I, I think some of it is a complex because I can't get, I I'm okay with the flip, you know, as you're saying, but it's like a complex. Like, it's like, I can't. I can't flip it like my dad did. I'm like, okay, he's gonna think I'm a failure. I can't. <laughs> like, I'm not. <laughs> I can't Sean, you're I'm a failure because you can't flip eggs. I can't flip it. Can't flip an omelet perfectly. I don't want to, you know, disappoint him. He was, uh, he trying to teach me, and it didn't stick. So <laughs> it's good. Yeah. The add to that is it's strange. Is the simple things that you know someone would do, like my grandmother would make eggs and onions like green onions out of her yep. garden cool. with fresh eggs and that's another thing i'm chasing i cannot for the life of me get it to taste exactly how she made it it's simple it's eggs and it's onions <laughs> and it's butter and it's salt and pepper do you and for some strange reason i cannot hit the same notes do you think you're ever going to feel like you did though? Because I think we do that a lot. Like we can't get it exactly like my grandmother did it or like my father did it or like this person did it. And then you grew up on that taste and you feel like you get, but do you think we're like, we'll ever actually get it to what exactly they did it? Or do you think we're always going to set ourselves up for failure and be like, it was so good. 
it, I just can't get the right taste. Like, you know what I mean? Because I think a ton of people do that. I think it's a, yeah, I, I think it's a mental thing. Yeah, I agree with you. I, That's what I, I mean. It really do. I mean, I, it probably tastes exactly the same. But it <laughs> It's probably the same damn thing. Yeah. Same flavor. It's that person, I think. Mm-hmm. For me, yeah. you know, I, I can't explain it. I mean. Um, I think my sister tries to do that. Like, she'll try to recreate, like, some of the dishes, like, our mom made. And one of them was uh, mustard chicken. This is, like. Chicken. Oh man, it's our childhood. Like we just it like my mom made it like once a week, right? She had those meals that were like on rotation. Yeah. So it was like every, yeah. you know, once a week or once every couple of weeks. And um, it was just we loved it. It was like our favorite thing. And my sister tried cooking it several times and um got pretty close. Like, I mean, from what we think, but we kind of had that same conversation. I'm like, I don't think we're ever gonna think it's gonna be it's the same as mom's. Like, it's just not gonna even though it could be the same exact recipe and it could be like, we're just not going to think it's, it's the same, but um, yeah, man, we just, that brings us back. And, you know, like she had me over before and like she made mustard chicken and we were just talking about like the memories of sitting there with my mom and her making it the best part about it, you know, so she did it in like in a, in a a baking casserole, Mm -hmm. like a Pyrex and it would like the sauce would like Brown on the edges and you could like take a fork and a spoon yeah. and just, oh, dude. And I would just, I would eat that just like out of the <laughs> dish. It was so good. Um, but, you know, we, we have that nostalgia of this dish. And I don't think subconsciously our mind is ever going to let us believe that we made it exactly like how, you know, this nostalgic dinner that my mom made and how we loved it so much and we cherish that memory i don't think our mind's ever going to let us believe that we made it that same way yeah is that you know what i mean yeah it's it's the 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 small things that yeah um you know at the time or we take advantage of and now we think Mm -hmm. about it and it's it's bigger than what it was at the yeah. time, you know, yeah. um, it was a great meal back then. Now it's like something that I don't, I don't want to believe that I can make it exactly. I don't want my sister to make it exactly like she, like my mom did. Right. Like we want to be like, no, that was unique to my mom because it was so impactful to us. Mm-hmm. And it was such a great memory. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, good stuff, man. Yeah. Well, um, now I'm hungry, so I'm going to go eat. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I have a, uh, have a nice meal here but um good stuff appreciate everyone uh checking out listening to us uh mark you want to tell them where to follow us on socials yeah we are on facebook instagram twitter and profound life podcast or the unprofound life go check us out you can email us uh at the unprofound life at gmail.com Give us some ideas of what you want to want to hear us talk about, and we can uh, have a discussion. And love to hear from some of you and some of your yeah. ideas. That would be fantastic. Yeah, throw us a topic. We'll run with it. We'd love that. But so until next time, peace, brother. Catch you later.